Hello and welcome to the Media and Marketing Podcast. My name is John Reynolds, the host. Uh, this week we are talking to Joe Allen, the new Managing Director of Newsworks, the national newspaper trade body. And for the first time in a while, I've actually come to the subject office to do the interview as opposed to remotely, which makes a big difference. So thanks very much for joining me, Joe. Uh, great to have you on. Perhaps a good starting point is to talk a bit about your background and how you came to be appointed as Managing Director of Newsworks. Thank you very much, John, and thanks for coming to see me today. Um, so, well, my background, my background essentially um, is client. I'm a marketeer by background. I've worked at sort of companies like um, Santander, Whitbread and Cadbury's um, in client-side marketing roles. Um, and then I did that for probably about 20 years. And then more latterly, I've worked at media agencies, so Cara and Dentsu, uh, and also uh, Visium Global. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I started freelancing uh, and came to Newsworks about a year ago uh, on a freelance project. Yeah. And as often happens with these things, one, one project leads to another. And um, I became permanent within the Newsworks team at the beginning of this year. And then as Tracy left, um, I've taken on the managing director role. So, okay, yeah. So what role did you take on Newsworks when you were appointed into the... So it was, it was, um, it was an interim okay. MD role, and then that's now become, become permanent with Tracy leaving. Yeah, okay, so you mentioned that. So your uh, appointment was announced in the summer, yeah. but Tracy's just left, and we're obviously here in your uh, lovely offices uh, in Borough. Can you just, I mean, there's very few people of Newsworks in the office today. Can you just talk about um, what impact the the pandemic has had in terms of uh, remote working and what your yeah. plans are going forward yeah of course um, well obviously when when lockdown came about we uh, we closed up the offices I think we, we decided at first that we were going to work from home um, for a couple of weeks and see what happened but then obviously everything escalated uh, and the two weeks went into six months and as we got towards the end of the summer and the schools were looking to go back we decided it would be good to do a staggered come back to the office Um, and just as we were about to do that obviously the advice then changed again um, to work from home Um, and a few of us had already got meetings in the diaries so what we've been doing I think that today there's three of us in the office um, all socially distanced uh, and doing meetings so at the moment it's people are working from home um, but those that want to come in for meetings and things can uh, but our advice is you know as the government is if you can work at home do so but it's nice, it's nice to be back, it's nice to be able to come into to London and have a change of scene. Yeah, I can imagine. So there's no plans like Twitter long term to have everyone uh, working from home. It's followed the government advice and then the likelihood is they'll be coming in one or two days a week. You, for, you foresee that? Absolutely. I mean, I think originally we were intending that we would come back a couple of days a week. Um, but then with the recent announcements, we've sort of gone backwards on that, as, as with everybody. But yeah, I think it will increase the flexibility. I mean, we've got quite a variety within the team. Uh, we've got some people that work three days a week, some that work four. But I think when, when we're able to come back longer term, um, I think it'll be as and when people do. I mean, I, I believe, I think it's good if we, we're a small team. Um, and when we're able to, I'd like us all to be in together, because I think it's important that we do see each other. But that probably only needs to be one day a week and then another day or so a week um, you know, for the team to be out meeting clients, spending time with the publishers. It doesn't always need to be in here. But I think we'll definitely see more working at home. So you, um, mentioned, you, you, you mentioned you're a small team. Roughly how many? And you're here with the... And we'll talk about the Ozone Project a bit later, but they're, they're based in the same office as you. Yeah, they have, they have a different floor um, to us. 
Uh, and our team, at the, you know, a few of the members of the team are furloughed um, at the moment, um, but there's, uh, the team's 16, um, but a mixture of sort of part-time and full-time. Okay, so let's talk about, I mean, um, uh, I think news brands uh, generally, uh, my reading of it, is during, the consensus is that they've held up uh, pretty well in terms of circulation during COVID-19 and lockdown. Um, where our circulations have held well, on the flip side, advertising revenues have been kind of decimated. I looked at some circulation figures for August, which I think showed most of the national news titles uh, circulations holding steady. But just to shine a light on the woes of the advertising market, DMGT, which publishes the Mail and Metro, advertising rev- revenues are down, I think, 45% on the year in the first half. And Reach, which publishes the Mirror, were down 32%. Uh, why do you think advertising newspaper ad, ad revenues have suffered so badly, and will this yeah, ad revenue come back? Um, well, I think a lot of people have suffered um, through the pandemic. Um, some of the figures that you may you've quoted some figures there, but others that you may or may not have seen is that readership is actually up. So, um, thirty eight million people read news brand every day, and digital readership is up twenty percent year on year. So, what we're seeing is that the um, the readership is up. But to the point that you made, we're not seeing that come through um, in ad revenue at the moment. You know, there's whole sectors that aren't advertising at the moment. Um, but we're hoping that um, with the increased audiences that the, the revenue will follow. And obviously a great example of where revenue has been coming in is the, the recent government campaign that we've worked on as an industry, um, well, since Easter. Okay, we can go on to talk about that. I sure. was thinking, I mean, you mentioned there's obviously... At the height of the pandemic, there was brands like the travel industry, which were, you know, completely not advertising mm. at all. Do you think generally news brands are too reliant on certain sectors? I know no one can see, foresee mm-hmm. a, a pande- pandemic coming, but are we too reliant on travel and, and retail brands, which kind of didn't need to advertise during the period because everyone was shopping there anyway? Right? Um, I, I don't know, to be completely honest. I don't know whether... I mean, I think overall the revenues are down mm. in terms of, of who is and who isn't. I think in general people, you know, just say that it's down overall... Um, people aren't travelling. Um, you know, there's certain people like Deliveroo. Uh, you know, they're advertising a lot more. Um, and you know, I think in general, it, it is very much on a sector basis. But I think overall, it's fair to say that you know the revenues um, are, are down. But you know, across the whole media market. Okay. So you mentioned the. You touched on the government campaigns. Yeah. So when did that? There's been a number of these, and haven't they? I think there was one during lockdown, was there, which ran across all the, it was on the front pages of the newspapers. Yeah. And how many of these? Can you give us a bit more detail? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've spent most of the last six months working on this, so I could um, I could go on about it for ages. So it's been one campaign. It started off Easter weekend, um, from us being initially approached by the cabinet office to that first cover, cover up going live was was ten days over started over Easter weekend. Yeah. Um, we the first weekend there was a couple of us um, and a couple of freelancers working on it, and now we have a team of. 35 from across um, the news industry as a core team but all in all John there's like 500 people across the industry working on this campaign um, so uh, yeah it started off at Easter it's, I think we've done something like 30 briefs now um, and until, I think you asked about the cover up so we had the first cover up that launched that first weekend which was when we were advising the public to stay at home yeah. uh, we then did another one which was about staying alert so that was a cover up and they're all cover ups and homepage takeovers and then um, just last weekend um, we obviously had uh, uh, the um, app launch 
that we supported again against so it's over 620 I think 620 titles that have been supporting this campaign and this really was a well lots of industry firsts within this one um, an industry first for us to collaborate as an industry in this way but also a few of those titles had never done a cover up before uh, so big big news for them to do it but obviously important that we all came together as an industry to support something as important as uh, the fight against coronavirus and big revenues for the newspapers too at a much needed time yes i mean for uh, you know that was originally one of the reasons that we were first approached because particularly for some of the local and regional titles where who relies well who everybody relies on advertising revenues but they rely heavy on um, their advertising revenues to ensure that they can provide trusted journalism to readers and what we um, what was the concern was that they would fold without that revenue so it started off as the government helping to support those but obviously it's become something far bigger Oh, that is interesting. I didn't realise that. Okay, so so we can perhaps see more of these campaigns going forward. Then, too. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, while the pandemic's here. I mean, we know the press partnership's working. Um, the government are very happy with its doing. You know, we are we are getting the message across to our growing audiences, uh, and what we're able to do. So they've got their traditional advertising campaign, their display advertising. But what we're able to do with the partnership is talk to readers in, in the style of each of the titles so we can get um, get the messages across in a sort of more friendly, humane way. Because obviously that's what it's all about. We want to make sure that the right information gets, these, gets to the public so that they know how to behave and to try and provide some clarity amongst the confusion about um, what the rules are. Okay, and you've also another big campaign which you've been heavily involved in uh, Newsworks was the Back Not Block campaign, um, yep. which I'm sure people who listen hopefully will be aware of, but for the uninitiated, these are effectively advertising block lists mm-hmm. uh, for certain words, so advertising doesn't appear next to certain words on newspaper websites, be it terror or if there's been a fatal shooting. And according to you guys, I mean, this is costing the industry millions. Yeah. What, I mean, are advertisers still being too overcautious and overzealous on this front? I mean, you hear anecdotally, don't you, of advertising blocking uh, words like Boris Johnson, maybe, or having mm. these long lists. Is, mm. is that still, still happening? Well, or? well and, and ironically, when, this, when the pandemic started, the words coronavirus were on a lot of block lists as well. So if you think back to that time, I mean, it, it's still pretty much like it now. But if you think back to particularly then, there wasn't much else in the news. So if, for those advertisers that did want to advertise, if words like coronavirus, Boris Johnson, whichever, uh, are on their block list, then obviously their ads couldn't appear uh, against it. But I think what our campaign did was raise awareness amongst advertisers and agencies of this, because we found that some... Um, some advertisers and agencies weren't even aware of what was actually on the block list. So I think the the awareness has heightened and um, we know that clients are looking more closely at their block list to ensure that um, their ads are appearing um, where they want to pay them and they're not blocked from key content. So you think it has bore fruit then? You think it is working? You have seen it? I mean, have you got evidence? I haven't haven't got any numbers to share with you today, but anecdotally, we have got feedback from clients and agencies who have said that they have changed their block lists as a result. So it's definitely had a positive impact. And what's the message then for advertisers and agencies? It's to work directly with the publishers then, and not through lots of intermediaries, as it gives them more control then, is it? Uh, I think it's just to look at their list, to look at where uh, the block lists that are created for their campaigns, for their brands, and just to sort of double check what's on the list to make sure that they are advertising where their readers are, are reading.
Okay, and we touched on, I mentioned the, the ozone projects, mm -hmm. which are um, in, uh, uh, in, in this building. So the ozone project pulls online ad inventory to make it easier for advertisers to mm -hmm. buy premium publishers from a, a single buying point. Um, I haven't. I, I did a quick search before I came. Looked on the various websites to see what Ozone have been up to. They seem to have been been quite quiet this year. I mean, is there any any news you know on that front? Is, is, I mean, is, is that progressing or? I'm afraid I I don't know, John. I don't I don't work on Ozone, so um, I'm not. I, I probably know as much as you do about what I've seen that they're doing in the market and in the press, but. I'm afraid I'm not. Um, I'm not involved in in their business. Although, be, as you say, we we're in the same office. But as you've seen, there's yeah. there's no one in. So I'm afraid I I don't know. Okay. So uh, you're um, obviously uh, you've kind of taken a role from Tracy the Groot, although it's a slightly different job title. Mm -hmm. I think when Tracy was executive chair, was it the focus from news work kind of switched from advertising effectiveness to funding quality uh, mm -hmm. journalism. I mean, is that the tagline, I don't know if that's the right word, but is that something you want to continue yeah. with then? Yeah, I think, um, so I think originally, perhaps it was to your point, before Tracy arrived, it was about ad effectiveness. Tracy's very much about trusted journalism and it was that was the campaign that we did was all about supporting trusted journalism. I think probably what we're doing now is a bit of a combination of the two. Okay. Um, so on the back of the growing audiences and the trust um, that readers place in the brands that they read, um, so growing audiences, the trust in the news brands, and then that's what we will then use to sort of help drive revenue back into the industry. So we'll do that by um, continue to campaign where we think um, there's a need to campaign, um, but we'll collaborate as an industry. And I think that's a big change that we've seen this year, government, um, the government campaign being just one example. So uh, campaigning, collaborating, but then importantly converting that into, into much needed revenue for the industry. So I'd say it's more um, a continuation of the journey uh, so Tracy's was very much about she was very much about the campaigning, and we need to take that and the growing audiences and convert that into revenue. Okay, because I mean I spoke to a few people, and some people thought that it wasn't misguided, but some people liked the kind of tagline advertising effectiveness. Mm. They liked the kind of want the robustness of the of the yeah. data, and they thought this move to funding quality journalism might be slightly misguided. But you kind of seen a, a melding together. Yeah, of the two. I think it too. Yeah, I mean you know, we. We're obviously big believers in trusted journalism. That's what that's what our readers buy into. But when we talk, we need revenue into the industry. And when we are talking to advertisers, the sort of the ad effectiveness is important to them. So yeah, that's very much part of our plan going forward. Okay, and um, I think during Tracy, uh, Tracy's tenure, she was very external mm -hmm. focused. Uh, spoke on a lot of panels. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was at the expense of, of some of the, the data you're publishing. Um, do you think, again, when I spoke to a few people, they didn't know you as, as kind of a, a, as someone who's a, a well-known figure in media. Mm -hmm. Is that something you're aware of? I mean, I know it's only early days, but have you made a, do you think it's made a point that you need to be uh, seen at a lot of events and, and speak at a lot of events? Or? I think it's important that I am seen to be at events, but not at the expense of everything else. You know, I want to build relationships with the in, within the industry uh, and also within clients and agencies. Um, I think it was just said, you know, Tracy, Tracy set, us, set us in a really good place with the campaigning that she's done. But I think where I can really bring something is the converting that into revenue. You know, my background being a combination of client and agency, yeah. um, I think will really help uh, to have those conversations with clients and agencies and to be able to represent the industry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I will, where there's something to talk about, I will be talking, um, talking at events uh, and helping with the campaigning. I mean, one of the things that we've got coming up as an example is World Without News. 
some okay. new research that we're about to launch, our biggest study to date. Uh, and so things like that, you know, we're, we're look, I think it's launching in um, 16th of October. That's something very much that, you know, we're, we're doing an event. I will be speaking at that. So I think where there's something that I feel I can add something to, then, then I will definitely be doing that. But I think I can bring a lot of value uh, to this, bringing revenue into the industry as well. And how do you think uh, Newsworks compares to the other trade bodies, the likes of Thinkbox and Radio Centre, in terms of when I speak to people, people say that Radio Centre is kind of the gold standard, might be unfair to say that, in terms of the, the quality of the, of the mm-hmm. research. Do you think mm-hmm. there's things you can learn from those other trade bodies, or how do you, how do you think you can? I think, I, mean, I, think, I think Newsworks has got a really good reputation when it comes to um, research and ad effectiveness and thought leadership. I think where we're going to um, spend our time now is focusing on making sure that it gets out to the right people. Okay. Um, so perhaps there are things that we can learn from the way that they've done it, but I think you know we've got, we've got some... Um, lots of ideas from within the team about how we can get our messages out there. So I don't think there's a shortage of messages, it's just about making sure that they get out to the right people. Okay, another thing I tried to, it's quite a complicated area, I tried to look into ABC and Pamco data. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think I shed light on it. And so there's been a lot of changes, particularly with ABC. So, can you, I mean, in short, it's quite, it's not ideal having these two kind of measurement systems, mm. I mean, how, how's this going to play out, do you think? Well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm the right person to be able to <laughs> answer that in detail. Um, but I think on, I think there's a lot to be said about simplification of, mm-hmm. of the JIC. Um, I think that uh, agencies rely heavily um, on PAMCO, uh, and also there's lots of other data sources as well that they use. So I guess it's about using the, the right one uh, for whatever the need would be, whether that be circulation, whether it be readership or whether it be trust. Um, but in ter- I think there's definitely a call for a simplification of them. But in terms... So your question was... Which, which was Well, it was a muddled question. So, so just, just to be clear, so ABC is kind of uh, used for trading and PAMCO yeah. used for planning. I yeah. just wonder, do they both have a future or can you see kind of, a, the, kind of uh, just one emerging out of the two or...? Uh, to be honest with you John I I, I don't have a view on that at the moment I mean that's something that's I'm getting involved with now it's like sort of early days two weeks into the role Uh, that's something that I can um, that I'll be getting more involved with but um, let's say PAMCO is used very much by planners uh, and then there's the circulation figures from ABC. There's lots of other figures. There's the Endelman Trust figures that we all talk about. There's Walk. There's 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 no shortage of uh, of data in the industry. That's for sure. Okay, that's fantastic. And just um, talk about the next six months. Then. I know it's very difficult mm-hmm. for um, to kind of plan ahead, even sort of weeks or months. Yeah. But I mean, how do you? Is there anything that you can talk about that's uh, definitely in the diary of news works which we should be aware of well so you, I, you mentioned one I mentioned the world without news so that's definitely a date for your diary the uh, 16th of October if you're not already registered then okay. um, then please do so that's our biggest study today a world without news and it's a nine month study I mean we started it before the pandemic um, but uh, but when the pandemic hit it, it led us to do um, some more research amongst the say amongst um, on the same topic um, and what we did was we basically starved audiences from from their news to see how they reacted now I don't want to obviously steal the thunder of the launch um, but you know so, so the, the feedback that we've got anecdotally um, is two-thirds um, two-thirds of those that were were researched um, uh, appreciated and valued the news brand sources more since the pandemic so 
playing out what we're seeing, that more and more people are turning to trusted news sources to keep them informed about what's happening anyway, but particularly at the moment. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, it, it was a fascinating study, say our biggest study to date, uh, and all will be revealed on the um, on the 16th. So that's that's one thing that we've yeah. got there. Um, so I think on that note, you know, we'll that talks about the importance of trusted journalism. We'll carry on being a cheerleader um, for the industry. That's very much part of what we want to do. I think also there's something about being easier to work with. The the um, as an industry, you know, the government campaign showed how we've done that. I think there's a lot of people that would have said before, there's no way that all those publishers could work mm. together. Um, but, you know, we've proved them wrong and we've done it. And I think there's a lot of other things that we can do as an industry there. Uh, and then the third thing, as I say, is about um, using things like the, the government campaign uh, as a case study to get more revenue into into the industry. So, so yeah, I think, that, you know, the point that I made earlier about um, collaborating uh, as an industry campaigning but then importantly converting that into revenue for the industry to enable us to support journalism and who are your i mean who are your points of contact at the national news brands and i mean who would you who would you see there and, and so in, i mean over the last six months my key contacts have been the, the chief revenue officers um so i've been dealing with them a lot um they were you know big big advocates and supporters as we put the campaign together but from the newsworks team we have contacts with all of the different disciplines within there so whether it be the the comms team uh, the trade marketing team the insight team the client strategy you know we talk a lot uh, across the industry um but as i say the, the the government campaign that was the first time that we've ever pulled anything off on that scale uh to across 620 titles so yeah we're connected in with with all of those um as well so the main mainly the cro's but obviously the ceos as well um our stakeholders okay um that's fantastic and i mean i guess uh, one thing picked up by the media on your appointment was the number of uh um obviously you kind of replaced tracy as we said mm -hmm. and then there was vanessa before mm -hmm. so that's three leaders in a short period of time, mm -hmm. slightly different job titles. Yeah. Um, do you think that's disruptive or...? Well, I'm, sh I'm sure you've done your research and you'll see that Tracy and I have worked together sort of on and off for about 20 years. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and so the, the transition's been smooth. So say I've been working on a project basis over the last year. Um, so uh, I think Tracy's set us up really well with the campaigning. Uh, and um, supporting journalism and the time feels right now for me to come in with my background and sort of help with the conversion of that to to revenue so I guess an evolution of the journey it's not really a chop change you know I've been involved with the team um, as Trace has been putting the plan together over the last year um, so it's not all changed by any means it's just more um, evolving what we were doing already. Thanks for pointing out that I didn't do very good research <laughs> on your relationship there. So, but you've all different job titles. You're managing director, That's right, Vanessa, yeah. chief exec, uh, yeah, um, sure, yeah. Tracy, executive chairman. Mm. Is that, do I read anything into that? Or do, do you want to be, will you uh, eventually lead to become executive chair? Or is, is it just a change in the setup? Uh, well, I, I hadn't read anything into it. Um, I, I hadn't realised, well, yeah, so Tracy was executive chair. She had a, a, a remit over, perhaps more over the industry. But I mean, I was doing an interim MD role, and they've made it to MD. Who knows? Who knows what will what will happen now? But I mean, I think to me, it's really it's it's not so much about the title; it's about the value that I can bring to the business and to the industry. Um, so I mean, I haven't been having conversations about titles. Uh, only me. Um, I mean, just if we talk about the future of Newsworks, obviously, 
we touched on some of these news brands uh, which have kind of held up well in terms of uh, circulations, but there's others uh, like the free newspapers like the, the Evening Standard, Advertiser mm -hmm. Funder, had a particularly difficult time, had to make mm -hmm. uh, redundancies and for the foreseeable future uh, could have uh, an uncertain time of it. Do you think, uh, and I'm not sure the actual funding model, how it works, but I mean, are you uh, convinced certain that all these news brands will continue to be uh, members of Newsworks? I mean, I presume it's, they're paying quite a lot of money into Newsworks, I would have thought. Yeah, so they're, they're stakeholders within our business. I think the more that we do as an industry, hopefully they'll continue to see the value in what we do. And you know, again, the government campaign, the titles that you talked about there, the standard, they're, they're all very much part of it. So they're getting the revenue um, from that campaign. Uh, and all of the other work that we do around the campaigning, you know, that's for the benefit of the industry as a whole. Um, and I think what we saw through, what we're seeing through the pandemic is that a lot of those titles that you talk about are being very innovative um, with what they're doing about, say, home delivery of titles to, to keep to keep their circulations up and their revenue coming in. Uh, but I hope they're not going to be questioning um, what we're doing because I think we're bringing a lot of value into the industry. Well, I guess I was thinking that maybe there might be some reduction in the amount they're paying or something like that, given the mm. certain times we're in. Uh, that's certainly not a conversation that we're having um, at the moment. Um, I think we just there's more talk about what more we can do as an industry to collaborate so that we're sort of better together. Okay, uh, I, think that's, I think our time's up. That's gone very quickly. Uh, Joe, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. That's very good of you. Thank you very much, John.